You're now listening to The Nest on Tap, conversations to encourage parents to make informed choices about healthcare and to embrace parenting as a tool to change the world, one diaper at a time. Here's your host, Katie Demota. Welcome and thank you for joining us to The Nest on Tap. I'm Katie Demota, and together with Chelsea Bryan, we are your hosts today, welcoming our guest, Jiawei Chen Graff. She's a naturopath and a clinical herbalist with a special interest in herbs, nutrition, and homeopathy. Jaiwei graduated from Southern Cross University in Australia with a bachelor's degree in, nat- in naturopathy. Is that how you say that, Jaiwei? Naturopathy, yes. <laughs> in 2008, and she specializes in women's and children's health in her practice. She's a mother of three beautiful children aged 19, 11, and 7 at the time of this recording. Jaiwei is passionate about connecting plants and people. Her goal is to empower people to use natural medicines through her consultations, classes, and writing. In 2018, she became the owner of Remedy Garden, an herbal apothecary here in downtown Nevada City, where she continues to learn and share about holistic medicine. Welcome, Jaiwei, and thank you so much for joining us today. We're so happy to have you. Thanks for inviting me, Katie. I'm excited. Yeah, I was wondering if you might want to give a little bit more and share with us um, more about the care you provide to families and maybe even what brings you here to Nevada City from Australia. I've, I've never yeah. asked you that. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, my husband brought me here. He had a... Um, job and it was meant to be a temporary one but then we came to Nevada City and we had friends here and we visited and we absolutely fell in love with the Yuba and the community here and we didn't mean to stay but one every year one year led to another and then I ended up having two more kids here and now it's been 12 years we've been in Nevada County yeah (laughs) similar story yeah Seems like everyone comes and falls in love. Well, we're so lucky and happy to have you here in this community, Chawei. Oh, thank you. Um, do you want to share more about your practice in Remedy Garden? So yeah. don't know sure. you. Sure. Um, so I studied, um, as I said, at Southern Cross University, and it was one of the first uh, degrees um, in naturopathy that they offered, and that was nearly 20 years ago. Um, I graduated 15 years ago, I think now, and it was a very rigorous, um, very scientific kind of course because they were university. So we were like, a lot of people there were like, I came to learn about herbs, but I'm just doing all this sciencey stuff. Get me out of here. But actually, when I look back, I think the science was a good grounding, you know, Um, and then I continued to learn about herbs and homeopathy and um, nutrition on my own as well. So I've had a lot of mentors, um, did more classes, but it was a very good grounding base for me. Yeah. And I think I really love homeopathy. Um, Both of my supervising naturopaths in our final year at the school, they were um, naturopaths, but they specialized in homeopathy. So we were always in the clinic room, like with our repertories and trying to think, oh, which remedy? And since then, I've kind of developed that in my own practice a lot. I'll get to know clients. They'll come to me for 
you know, something usually physical, but then as I get to know them and we go deeper, sometimes a remedy will just pop up in my head. And what I found is that the homeopathic remedies are very deep acting if it's the correct remedy and they heal on a very deep level physical emotional and spiritual and it can really change a person's whole um, outlook and makes people a better version of themselves i don't know i just really i'm in love with that modality yes i agree i've been really impressed um i didn't try homeopathy until i was a mom myself and i had learned about it similarly in my practice i had talked to homeopaths and how it supports lactation but becoming a mom and really seeing how that works both for my child and for my own body, wanting to choose things that might not carry a lot of risk, I have been just blown away by the impact and the power of homeopathy. Yeah, I agree. Yes. And how yeah. lucky you had mentors there. Not yeah. Right yeah. Yes, I'm really blessed for that. But we always started with diet and nutrition and mm-hmm. then herbs and lifestyle, but then somehow the real, like, The homeopathy just stimulates your own vital force to heal on a very deep level. Yeah. Yeah. It's super fascinating to me. Um, Great. Well, we're love force again. Happy to have you. I'm glad we, I'm glad you didn't go back to Australia yet. (laughs) Well, believe me, I've thought about it a few times over the last four years. (laughs) It's been crazy. Maybe you can take me with you. I'm a great nanny if that young child needs any help. (laughs) Well, we have lots of questions for you today. We'll see how many we get to in the hour. Uh, I do have to say one quick note for the folks who are listening. Today's conversation will be full of information. However, it's not meant to diagnose or treat any medical conditions. Please contact Jaiwei directly or your own care provider should you are if you're seeking individual recommendations. Say that. Um, So let's get right to these questions. Some of these questions have been submitted by the folks, the Nest subscribers in our gatherings, and some come from uh, our practice, uh, working with parents from pregnancy through postpartum. One of the questions, and you, we hosted you a few years back, and I know this was like the top question everyone wanted to know then, and it turns out they still want to know. Uh, What are your top recommendations for soothing infants who are having gas and teething, uh, which obviously creates a fussy baby and a baby who may not be able to settle into sleep or stay and stay asleep? Well, in the newborn weeks, it's kind of very normal to have the digestive system of the baby just kind of starting to function and settle down. So part of it is like you don't really need to treat. It just like settles by itself as the baby matures. And you, with newborns, you really don't want to be administering too many herbs or anything really. So normally I'll tell parents, Um, breastfeeding mothers you drink the teas that will help soothe the gas you know you take the herbs so I probably say a good like um, herbal tea with any of these carminative herbs like fennel or aniseed um, those kind of things will definitely help ease the gas chamomile as well Um, another really important thing is for parents uh, breastfeeding mothers to avoid certain foods that cause upset stomach through if they're breastfeeding Um, and these can include dairy and alcohol coffee and chocolate 
um, spicy foods and curries and things like that can be upsetting and garlic and onions have been known and um, also beans and peas and things like that that can cause gas so yeah cabbage family as well you probably go through that on your class right what to eat when you're breastfeeding with a newborn so i would probably say yeah drink those carminative teas um with the seeds um, we have a breastfeeding tea a mama's milk tea that has fennel ground up and different herbs that are, are soothing and that will pass through your breast milk um, one kind of tea that if your child is a little bit bigger, it's a colic ease tea and that has catnip, chamomile, lemon balm and aniseed, just like a simple. Yeah. And is that a tea that they make themselves or is that a product someone can buy? Uh, at the moment, they can just make it themselves and buy the herbs from us or we can make it up at the store for them. We don't actually have it already <laughs> packaged, but yeah, right. that's a, that's a nice simple one. Catnip is great. Yeah. Right. And that's how you share often. Yeah. And also homeopathics can be really useful for the colicky child. Um, but it's hard, like you really do should go and see someone or a homeopath that can like tailor that individually to what's happening to your child. Um, but generally you could try, for example, chamomilla. Um, that's also really useful for teething. Um, that's 30C generally is the potency and that with chamomilla you'll see a very angry baby very irritable nothing's right they'll like arch their back you know and scream so that's the kind of general picture and whether that be the the angriness and the irritability is caused by teething or colic um, if you have that picture then you could try chamomilla um, if the baby is drawing their feet up in a fetal position and sort of like crouching together, then that might call for colosynthesis, which is another remedy um, for colic. So it really does depend on what symptoms your child is showing for the homeopathic. So I suggest you get like professional advice for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's the number one, I think, uh, question in the older baby groups that we are um meet you know the folks we meet and it's oh i try the chamomile it just doesn't seem to work and one of the things i try to recommend is well it depends on the stage is this right joey you can correct me if i'm wrong it depends on the stage of teething and then what remedy will actually work in that moment exactly it depends on what symptoms the child is showing you know and if they've yeah. got that angry thing then it could be but maybe a, a teething baby might be clingy and and weepy and then they might need pulsatilla and it's not that angry picture which then chamomilla would work right. so yeah, it really depends on the individual symptoms that the baby is showing okay perfect and so jaway if i send mamas over your way you can help them walk them through those stages oh, yes i can try for sure <laughs> <laughs> thank you yes <laughs> so this is chelsea here i have a, a question kind of a spin-off of that when we're looking at um, remedies for children or newborns one thing i've noticed is when we have a newborn um, especially a newborn who's having a rough time. We also have a mom who's having a rough time. Um, a lot of stress, anxiety, maybe difficult sleeping, difficult with our, like our own self-regulation as an adult. So I was curious if you had any wisdom and recommendations for the parents to um, soothe themselves in that newborn period. Oh yes, totally. Um, 
you know, flower essences can be really helpful, which is kind of, it's an energetic medicine, slightly different from homeopathy, but using the same kind of principle. And a lot of new parents are overwhelmed because nobody can warn you, this is what it's going to be like once you, that baby comes out and then you have to learn so many new things like breastfeeding and your nipples are sore and the baby's not sleeping and you have no time to yourself. It's like very overwhelming. So the number one uh, flower essence for overwhelm is um, elm. That's a bark flower essence. So I often will suggest um, mothers and fathers, if they're overwhelmed, to take elm. And also walnut is a flower essence that um, helps with transitions in life. And becoming a new parent is a major transition. So maybe a combination of elm and um, walnut with perhaps like if they need, if they're really exhausted, olive really helps with that deep, deep exhaustion of not being able to sleep. And of course, rescue remedy is always good to have on hand um, for those panic kind of situations. Um, and mimulus sometimes for fears. Yeah, so I'd say those are things to help the parent emotionally deal with the big transition and overwhelm, as well as herbs. So the herbs that I would suggest a new parent that's like feeling anxious um, would be skullcap um, and that as a fresh plant tincture works really well um, combined with passionflower as well because passionflower helps, it's a nervine, it calms the mind. Skullcap too is a sedative and helps with that irritability and anxiety. Um, passionflower is a lot for the circular thinking you know, when you're up at night and you're breastfeeding and baby's not sleeping, you're like, mind is going a million miles a minute and you can't go back to sleep. Um, so motherwort is also a very good one. Um, as its name suggests, it's a really good for mothers, you know, new mothers, especially with anxiety and especially with anxiety with uh, palpitations. Mm -hmm. So motherwort is really good for the heart and is um, a calming, better but very nourishing herb for that. Um, milky oats is another one that I would suggest um, because it's a tonic to the nervous system. Yeah, and it'll restore frayed nerves over time. Uh, and ashwagandha. Uh, have you heard of ashwagandha? I'm sure you have. It's a, an Ayurvedic herb and it's an adaptogen. So adaptogens help uh, your body deal with stress. And ashwagandha is a really lovely adaptogen because it gives a little bit of energy, but without being too stimulating. So it's my favorite because it's a calming adaptogen because some of the other adaptogens like rhodiola or Siberian ginseng or Chinese ginseng can kind of get you too speedy. Whereas that's rarely the case with ashwagandha and it's actually safe in um, breastfeeding. So the other two I like is chamomile, chamomile tea for anything and any time. <laughs> it's great. Just very simple, but, you know, gentle. And it also helps um, digestion as well as being a, um, a nervine. And lavender is excellent for anxiety. So we do have a formula called Inner Peace um, that we sell that has the uh, skullcap, passionflower, lemon balm, milky oats, ashwagandha, and some flower essences. And I've recommended that, you know, for a few times for parents that are feeling frazzled. Yeah. <laughs>
Yeah, there's a lot of that, that those frazzled feelings and those frayed nerves and that circular thinking, a lot of, am I doing it right? What's going on? How can I do this? I was curious if you have, because you mentioned a couple ways to take herbs. So I was wondering if there's um, any sort of rule of thumb for folks who are just uh, getting into herbs or, or hear a friend say, oh, you should take this and and thinking like, well, how do I do that? How much do I take? Like, what's the difference between a tea or a tincture and what is more like, what's the most effective and safe way to approach herbs if you're not that familiar? Yeah. Um, well, herbal teas have been taken for thousands of years and that's probably the most traditional way to take herbs and it's proven to be very safe and effective. Um, so definitely teas is a good place to start if you've never had herbs before. Um, so a simple cup of chamomile tea, maybe some lavender in there, add some milky oats and skullcap, you know, so a herbal tea is really easy and you just add hot water. The problem is when parents um, are overwhelmed and they don't have time to make the tea, or they're traveling, then sometimes a tincture is handy because it's ready-made, it's in a bottle. A tincture is actually an alcoholic extract of herbs. So it's alcohol and water is the menstruum, which extracts the herbs, and it's more concentrated than a tea. So you'll only need, like, drops instead of, like, cups of tea. Okay. So normally uh, a tincture, you, the standard dose that we were taught is like five, one teaspoon, you know, three times a day of herbs, of the tincture. And I find it helpful to have a tincture by my bedside at night when I can't go back to sleep or if I'm traveling. So sometimes for convenience, tinctures are easier, but that's not to say that um, cups of herbal tea aren't effective. So I want to spin off on that one more time because yeah. as a midwife, one thing I hear a lot is people saying like, oh, I bought this tea at the store. It is for whatever, end of pregnancy. It is to make more milk. It is to go to sleep, whatever. And I drank a cup and it didn't work. Oh. And, um, and in, in my experience, when we're working with herbs to have a more like long-standing response it usually takes more than a cup of tea so I'm thinking especially of like the pregnancy teas where people are like oh I had one cup of pregnancy tea and I'm like awesome but I don't think that's gonna probably change the picture or um, do kind of what you're looking for so do you have yeah. any words on dosing with teas Oh, yeah, totally. Um, so teas, um, even tinctures, you're not going to be able to just take the one time a few dropperfuls of a tincture and feel the effects. It's an ongoing process. So you do need to take it for a while. And the same with the tea, especially the pregnancy tea. It's a lot of nutritive herbs, you know, rich in minerals and like raspberry leaf, the tone in the uterus. That takes time. So you do need to take like three cups a day for, you know, several weeks to feel the effects. Um, although sometimes, for example, a nervine tea can just soothe you pretty instantly, like a cup of chamomile with some passion flower that'll just get you nice and relaxed and you will feel it straight away and, you know, relax and go to sleep, hopefully. But in general, like sometimes herbs, they take their time to work. It's a bit sort of like food, you know? It just, you need to do it consistently. You, you can't expect to take one time some tincture and think everything's, you know, being fixed or my one cup of herbal tea didn't help me to increase breast milk. That's going to take time and consistent use. 
Thanks. Shall we? Let's talk a little bit more about that in uh, milk production, increasing milk production in herbs. <laughs> send so many people to you uh, with this idea in mind because, you know, it's amazing to think. And I have to say, you know, working in the Bay Area, um, I really was not, we just, it wasn't talked about herbs, tinctures, and milk production, or even milk, like suppression, making less, down-regulating milk production. And I'm just so grateful, really, for folks like you and uh, Nevada County, who's so full of amazing practitioners, to have opened my mind and my world to the power of herbs, specifically around breastfeeding. You want us to speak to, and I, I came into your shop, gosh, it's been a few years, and you told me, look at this great tea I made. And I was so impressed <laughs> that way. I had every single heavy hitter herb in it, and I thought, this is amazing. Uh, do you want to take a minute to talk about how some individual, individual herbs can support milk production? For sure, yeah. Um, well, we have like a mama's milk tea um, that is, let me see if I can get the... get the formula but it actually has like things like goat's rue in there which is a, a galactagogue so in herbal medicine a galactagogue is something that increases milk supply so uh, one of the ones is I don't actually have the formula on me but yeah um, I think that has um, goat's rue and raspberry leaf and nettles which is nutritive and shatavari, which is another Ayurvedic adaptogen that is moistening and is a galactagogue. And so it'll help um, with the hormonal aspect as well. Um, Moringa we put in there is very, very nutritious. It's a superfood. Um, it's got, I'm not sure exactly, the main one is the goat's roux. And I don't use fenugreek because it's really hard to, yeah, it doesn't have fenugreek in it, although everybody knows fenugreek is the, the heavy hitter <laughs> galactagogue, but it can turn on the tap too much, you know, yeah. and, and also it kind of tastes funky and then you smell. So I like to use uh, fenugreek <laughs> as a, like a supplement or separately. Yes. to the rest of the herbs whereas the the mama's milk um tea that we have you can drink it every day like three to four cups a day and it has fennel seeds as well so that's also a galactagogue as well as being um a carminative to prevent gas yeah um, you can look on my website i can't remember exactly what's in that tea right, off the top of my... right. i was really impressed <laughs> by the whole list i thought wow like yeah. everything is in here and it didn't have the fenugreek which i also tread very softly with because some moms don't respond well or seem to have a reaction and a lot of women don't like walking around smelling like breakfast maple syrup so <laughs> <laughs> maple syrup. that's awesome what are you talking about well not everyone <laughs> loves syrup i guess <laughs> yeah thank you for expanding on that and then just while we're on that topic um folks looking to downregulate milk production you know the folks yes. are eating too much uh, yeah, well, the classic is, um, as you probably know, is sage. So garden sage, like salvia officinalis, that's just your common sage, culinary sage. Um, and that as a tincture or as a tea, will it's astringent and drying and it will um, slow down and dry up breast milk. Yeah. As well as peppermint. But as, so sage and peppermint, that's a good, if someone wants to wean and dry up their milk, that's often what we'll suggest. Great, thank you. 
And you know, there's also, you probably know all the foods that help increase breast milk, oats and so on. But yeah, that's for another conversation. But yeah, your diet can also help. And stout beer. Mm-hmm. You know that. <laughs> Which, A lot of people yeah. like that recommendation. Yeah. <laughs> that's my excuse hey. to two to three cups and stuff. Yeah. Also combat <laughs> stress. Two and one. Yes. <laughs> Perfect. I, I don't know, uh, Chelsea, do you want to dip into some thoughts on pregnancy and use of um, herbs and homeopathy before we move on to pediatrics? Yeah, I think one of the most common questions uh, that I, I get is, you know, what herbs can I take in pregnancy and how do I know, like, what is safe? Be- and one of the things I talk about is, like, there's we haven't done a lot of studies on herbs and pregnant women. There's some ethical complications with, uh, with doing that. So um, I would just love to hear some of your um, gentle, safe herbal friends uh, in pregnancy um, teas for just uh, feeling good, maybe a little uh, labor prep. And um, I don't really want to get into, which I, does come up often as like, what can I take to make me go into labor? Um, (laughs) No, I really recommend that people who are considering um, using herbs with a stronger medicinal action, for example, to lower blood pressure, to induce labor, really work with somebody who is qualified uh, to to make that recommendation, to make those recommendations and to know what's safe. So I'm just looking for like, what's some of the, the gentle pregnancy friends that we can, can hang out with? Yeah, I would, um, we have a pregnancy tea and I do have the ingredients written down here so I I don't have to remember, but um, raspberry leaf and Mm -hmm. that is generally recommended in the second trimester on and actually a lot of herbs should be like in the first trimester, there's a lot of, it's a very delicate time for the pregnant woman. So I generally tend to avoid most herbs in the first trimester just for, just to be extra, extra cautious. Um, but in, yeah, the second semester, um, the trimester, sorry, uh, raspberry leaf, <laughs> I'm thinking college, uh, nettles, <laughs> my, my, um, nettles, <laughs> rose hips, dandelion leaf and root. And I like that in there because that helps the liver. Um, the dandelion leaf is slight, is a potassium sparing diuretic. So that will help with like any swelling or water retention. Whereas the dandelion root will help the liver detox, but gently and safely. Um, moringa, marshmallow, rose, and rose petals just for the heart. So that's a nice gentle tea. But the main two are the raspberry leaf and nettles mm-hmm. that I would recommend. Yeah. All right. And chamomile as well. Yeah, it's safe. Uh, when we were trying to come up with a list of herbs, for the store, which is what's safe and what's not safe in pregnancy, we found so much information and some people say chamomile wasn't safe and it was very hard to actually come up with a a very solid list because, as you said, there hasn't been much research. So we tend to err on the side of caution and kind of um, use very gentle herbs Mm -hmm. as much as possible. And I... Yes, as you said, people want to come in and initiate labor. And yes, there is herbs to do that, but I would do that under supervision mm-hmm. of Thanks. a healthcare professional. Yeah. Thanks, Joe. I, I have some questions that I get asked a lot now moving into pediatric care. 
uh, again, that I don't answer directly and always send to the herbalist, but just to see what your answers are, I'd love to know, what do you recommend for the moms who um, are looking for safe immune support? And again, this would be for, for moms still and pediatrics, but moms who are breastfeeding, I get a lot of, um, whether they have mastitis or they are, you know, their child brought home a cold or something like that. Um, yeah. What kind of immune support might you recommend for moms who are breastfeeding? And also just thinking of immune support for little ones. Yeah. Uh, I would say for immune support, definitely eat a really good diet. Um, and then also continue with your prenatal, a very high quality prenatal while you're breastfeeding, because that's kind of like the fourth trimester and that will cover all your nutritional bases. So definitely continue with the good quality um, prenatal during that fourth trimester. And then whatever you call it, then the fourth, yeah, uh -huh. just after birth. And then uh, the other things I would suggest is zinc, that's safe. So that's 40 milligrams of a good zinc, like an absorbable zinc amino acid chelated form, for example, not zinc oxide. Um, also your vitamin C, but for Breastfeeding, it's only 120 milligrams for some reason. So normally those tablets are like 500. So just vitamin C, but at a lower dose. Um, echinacea is a wonderful herb that's safe in pregnancy, actually. That's one of the ones that they've researched. And it definitely boosts the immune system and helps your own like white blood cells fight any potential infections. So that kicks yep, so your immune system into gear. So I like echinacea as a tincture. The root, um, the echinacea and gustifolia is the one that was used a lot by the eclectic physicians at the turn of the century. So I, I think that's kind of, but purpurea works fine too, but the root tincture. Um, and that can be quite high dosages sometimes. So like a teaspoon three times a day, yeah, which is five mils, five milliliters. Um, elderberry is also safe and helps with, you know, it's cold and flu, antiviral. You can give that to kids as well um, if they're over one and can have honey because usually the syrups have honey. But you could also take elderberry tincture or um, elderberry tea without honey. So you can brew that with echinacea. You could also brew the elderberries and echinacea together in a tea if you wanted to avoid the tinctures. And we have several immune blends at the store with elderberry and echinacea combined. Um, another important one is vitamin D. So make sure your vitamin D levels, you know, are adequate or you're getting enough sunshine. Um, and that's 600 international units a day for pregnancy, uh, for breastfeeding, sorry. And vitamin A is another immune, um, like vitamin important for the immune system, but that has the potential for toxicity. It's a fat soluble vitamin. So you do need to be careful with that dosage. Also B complex you know, it could be complex, but if you've got your prenatal, that should have that already in there. And the other thing is probiotics, which are safe and, yeah, help the gut and help the good bacteria. So that will boost your immune system as well. Yeah. That is so helpful. Thank you, Joey. Yeah. And another thing I just didn't, I forgot to mention, you could probably do some um, medicinal mushrooms because they are kind of like food as medicine and generally pretty safe. So reishi, you know, astragalus too. Yeah. 
yeah, I've been exploring astragalus. Again, moving to Nevada County, all the things I've learned. Astragalus is uh-huh. an interesting route. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, um, Another question I get about pediatrics is, what should I have on hand for first aid? What do I have at home? What should I take with me? Um, you know, some of the folks that I'm working with are asking is, you know, what's an alternative naturally to something like a Neosporin cream? Or, you know, they're thinking back to their childhood and, and this one mom said to me, I don't know, my mom always squeezed this crazy, really stinky stuff on my cuts and it smelled horrible and it burned. So <laughs> what can I use as an alternative to that when my child gets, you know, scra- scrapes and cuts and burns? So I thought that might be something you could help us out with. Yeah. Um, well, I traveled a lot when um, my kids were little and I always, I never left home without my homeopathic kit, you know, so just even a basic six or 12 remedy kit. And uh, my teacher in homeopathy was like, for kids, it's like the ABC. So it's aconite, belladonna and chamomilla. But I would add arnica to that <laughs> because kids fall down and bump themselves and bruise themselves all the time. And the arnica pellets, they're really happy to take because it's like a little sugar. <laughs> you know, well, they like, give me. So I always have my arnica handy. Um, every time I go anywhere or leave the house. Also an Arnica salve or an oil or a gel to put on topically as well as take internally. Um, St. John's wort oil is really nice to have um, in your pediatric kit because it's um, a relaxing massage oil. So it's like really calming for the nerves and the nervous system. And it's excellent for sunburn or burns you know, um i just recently used it we all got burnt and we put the yeah with lavender essential oil and it really healed up the sunburn really well and it's also useful for growing pains so if your kids got growing pains and their legs are hurting you give them a nice massage with saint john's water oil maybe a few drops of lavender essential oil really calming and helps with that that kind of pain so saint john's water oil is in my kit um calendula cream so that's something that could be sort of like the neosporin you know the calendula or a herbal healing salve with plantain or chickweed and calendula that'll heal like calendula is wonderful it'll just heal cuts and rashes diaper rash pimples bug bites so a nice calendula cream um, also, I really do like the one that Walida makes. It's like a diaper rash cream, calendula, and it's got zinc oxide. Mm-hmm. That, that works good for diaper rash, but also any little cuts and rashes. So a calendula salve, um, lavender essential oil, I never leave home without. It's just so useful for little bug bites and burns or just uh, you you can't sleep and you just put a few drops near your pillow and it smells good and relaxes you. Um, yeah. Unfamiliar surroundings. So lavender is wonderful. If your kid's hyper on the plane or just won't settle down, you can mix the lavender with the St. John's water and rub it on their, on their feet to calm them down. Yeah. Um, also rescue remedy. I think I've mentioned that before <laughs> from bark flowers that's just great to have all the time. Like any shock or trauma, it's just instantly kind of calming. Um, and echinacea tincture, of course. Anytime somebody starts to come down with a sniffle or feels like they're coming down with something, dose yourself up with the echinacea and that will usually stop, stop things in its tracks. And um, 
Also garlic mullein oil. I carry that around for the ear, yeah, for any kind of ear pain or ear infections. Um, yeah. Kids get that a lot. So Save it for the folks who are listening to this recording later. Like literally everybody on the screen pointed to their ear simultaneously. Get it. Have it. Yeah. yeah. That so, way I wish I would have called you for the growing pain. Thanks for the St. John's Wort recommendation. That would have been awesome yeah. I don't know what to do and that happens at night in the evening often and like I don't know who to call and I don't have anything so that's yeah. one to have on hand for sure yes I want to mention the rescue remedy there's one for kids yes yes there's one for kids that has no alcohol and it's just made in glycerin yeah. Now, my son always got nauseated after it would you expect that reaction or is that just him being sensitive uh with the was it the glycerin one um, I don't know. Is the little bottle of rescue remedy for kids? I don't know what. Was oh yeah, it might be the glycerin because mm -hmm. that's kind of like sweet and sticky um, instead of the alcohol. I actually give my kids the alcohol ones, and they're yeah. fine with the few drinks because you only need like two or three drops, which is yeah. really very negligible okay. alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> next time, do away. Yeah. Try it. Yeah. I just feel like the glycerin can be sickeningly sweet and kind of yeah, Ugh. yeah. <laughs> Can I ask about the um, mullein garlic oil? Yes. Like everybody I know says this, you have to have garlic oil ready for ear infections. Yeah. Um, is that something you can just make yourself? Yeah, totally. With like, but like my concern is the olive oil going rancid. Uh huh. And like always having a fresh batch on hand, like what, like how often do you need to make a new batch? And it actually, like yeah, it actually keeps a while. So you just like chop up the garlic and you infuse it, you know, in the olive oil and it keeps, yeah, olive oil keeps good for a year. So it should be fine. And you wouldn't heat it. You just let it sit. Uh, I actually chop mine and heat it gently, like on a bain-marie for like 20, you know, 15 minutes. Yeah, don't heat it up too much. Normally you'll sun infuse it, but actually I make one, I put St. John's wort oil as well in there. And mul uh, the mullen is the mullen flowers and that's pain relieving. So that's infused in the olive oil. So the ones that you buy, yeah, you can make it though at home. It just takes a little more preparation to have, you know, on hand. You have to get the mullein flowers. You have to have the garlic. And I add St. John's wort as well. Yeah. Was that something you sell? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's called Ear Magic. And I just have people heat it up on a spoon and then put it back in the dropper and then test it for the temperature because you don't want to put cold oil in a kid's ear so you've got to have it body temperature and then you drop it in and have them lie there and it works really well yeah well that's aptly named really is ear yeah. magic yeah yeah there is um a book that is really um i don't know i was looking for it before but aviva rom has a book naturally healthy babies and children mm -hmm. and that probably has the recipe for making your own ear oil and a lot of other recipes so i suggest that book yeah um it's got a lot of practical information and aviva is like now a doctor but she was also a midwife for many years and a herbalist so she has and had four kids so she's been around the block and she has some good advice 
Yeah, that's where I go in an emergency, that book. Yeah. <laughs> Late at night when I can't find Chelsea, that's where I go. <laughs> so I have a question that's not so much an herbal question, but it came to me while you were just speaking. And that is, I'm, it's a little more personal, but I'm curious about how your experience as a parent and as a mother has informed and changed your herbal practice or your how it's informed your professional practice or if it has at all oh yeah becoming a mom is life-changing as you you all probably know <laughs> and um I did it three times I don't know how but <laughs> somehow <laughs> but it definitely helps me relate to other mothers when they come to me with all these things because I had really bad mastitis I suffered through that in all three of mine and so I definitely sympathize with the pain of that. And I know about the sleepless nights and I know how kids are and they won't take herbs or they won't do what you tell them. <laughs> so I, and, you know, how exhausting and frazzling it can be sometimes and also wonderful and joyous and, you know, all the good things. But I think it definitely helps me relate to other mothers and parents. Um, that's how it's informed my practice. And I have... Um, sympathy and empathy <laughs> for what they're going through having gone through it um myself although everybody's experience is different yeah yeah I sometimes make the joke in my birth classes that um I didn't believe in heartburn until I was pregnant <laughs> only people got heartburn and then I was like they should do something about this <laughs> But something should be done about this. This is a really big issue. And um, it totally is. Yeah. And constipation. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And constipation. And I've never had a hemorrhoid until my third child. I was like, oh my God, a hemorrhoid. <laughs> you know? People do something about this now. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, definitely having gone through the experience, it's um, made me. Um, just kind of more understanding and yeah <laughs> of the experiences we go through especially as mothers giving birth <laughs> and you know the cracked nipples nobody tells you like the first baby breastfeeding actually my supervisor in the naturopathic clinic was like when she found out I was pregnant she was like scrub your nipples with a really harsh like cloth and I'm like why <laughs> she was like to prepare it but it didn't I didn't do it and it didn't help <laughs> Oh, oh, oh my god <laughs> yeah luckily that recommendation i hope has moved on it's not yeah it, it doesn't make sense. i like the 1950 called they want their bad advice back yeah. they, they <laughs> i had a girlfriend who was cleaning her nipples with rubbing alcohol oh oh <laughs> ouch yes i was like i'm not sure you should do that <laughs> was that in preparation for breastfeeding or no, I think she was just scared of, um, what's it called? Bacteria? Yeast. Yeast, yeah. Um, what is that infection that you can get? Rush. Rush, yeah. Rush. Oh, oh wow. Ouch. Yes. Ouch. So, yeah, that's another one, thrush, you know, that, that you get in pregnancy. Or the nausea, you know, the nausea um, and the thrush and, yeah, so many things. <laughs> Good things. <laughs> Varicose veins as well. <laughs> Is there a remedy for that, Charlie? Which one? Varicose veins. 
Uh, there is, there's herbs that help that, yeah, like go to cola and um, what's that one, horse chestnut and, yeah, there's definitely things can strengthen your veins and also like vitamin C and quercetin, um, rutin from buckwheat, just things to strengthen that, yeah. <laughs> no, I bet there's an herb for everything. Amazing. Um, yeah. I have one probably, last se probably several herbs. Yeah, right? <laughs> I have one last question that was submitted by a mom this week who is making smoothies. Okay. And before her baby, she was putting collagen in her smoothie. And she wanted to know, is it safe to now put that collagen back in the smoothie that now her toddler, who's two, is sharing her smoothies with her still? Uh, how old is the toddler, do you this think? The toddler's two. Too. Yeah. Well, basically collagen is um, protein. Um, it's like gel. It's the same thing as gelatin, except it's like processed in a way that it won't gel up. So I personally, I gave my kids sometimes if they, I felt like they weren't eating properly or just wanted to give them extra protein, I would give them a small scoop. So I don't think um, in reason, like, I don't think kids, it's better to get things through diet, obviously, like, and they don't need that much protein being that small, but if they eat enough protein, it's probably not necessary, but to supplement, but it's also not harmful if it's just a small amount of, yeah, of collagen, it wouldn't hurt. It's just basically amino acids. It's, you don't want to stuff your baby with like a ton of that, you know, <laughs> every day. But right. if it was having a little bit, I don't think it would harm. Within reason. Yes. Like everything, right? We just don't want to overdo it. Um, yeah, and I always prefer like a whole food-based approach for kids. They don't really need a bunch of supplements if they're eating well. Right. But, yeah, you probably get a lot of, oh, my kid's fussy and they're not eating. <laughs> a lot of things but I think this mama was worried about she's a single mom and doesn't want to make two different smoothies and just kind of wanted to put everything in there for herself and wanted to know if it was safe then for her kid. yeah I think it would be fine yeah if it's not like you know a cup of collagen if it's just a couple of tablespoons or scoops it'll probably be fine yeah thanks Joey yeah Amber do you want to ask your question that you chatted yeah about maca I always buy these rebel drinks Okay. What and one of them is, this is the chocolate reishi one, but one of them is a maca one that I really like, but I'm not sure if I can drink it or drink much of it while I'm breastfeeding. Is maca safe for breastfeeding? Yeah, I would say maca is kind of um, in that, it's from a Peruvian kind of, uh, it's like a beet or something, you know, so it's kind of on that food level. So I would say, yeah, maca is fine. Yeah. Okay. It's an adaptogen. It's not going to do, it's not, it's more like on the border of food, you know? Um, so I don't think that would be a problem. Yeah. And people take maca try to, to try and get conceive. It might be, I mean, have you noticed anything? Have you, have you, I haven't been drinking it. Yeah, I think it'll be fine. It might just give you a little bit more energy and you might not want your kid to be more active. So you might not want to drink it like later in the day. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Caffeine. Oh, has it got caffeine? I don't know. Does it? Uh, Maka doesn't have caffeine. No. It's like caffeine alternative. 
It's a it's an adaptogen superfood um, that is used in Peru and the mountainous areas to for high for altitude sickness, for strength and stamina. So it helps your body deal with stress of being in high altitude, but it doesn't contain caffeine, as far as I know. Yeah, so I think it would be fine in a drink like that, as long as you're not drinking six to ten of them a day. <laughs> like, so. Thanks, Jawe. Yeah, you're welcome. Is there anything more you think uh, you'd like to share with some families who are listening from Pregnancy Through Parenting? Uh, we definitely want to share where Remedy Garden is and your contact information, which I will happy to link in the description for this podcast. Is there anything else you would like family? Um, yeah, I think one of the things we didn't really touch upon was like the postpartum um, isolation and slight depression that we get because we're not parenting in a village anymore and I definitely went through that when I had my second child and I was new to the community and I was living far away and I felt very isolated and I wished I'd had the nest back then to like build community and to yeah have support so you're not an island and it's not normal for a mom to be stuck at home all day with the baby and feel fulfilled. So you need to reach out for support. And I think a lot of people don't realize that um, when they become a new mom, it's, it's so hard and the isolation is probably one of the hardest because we're social creatures. And so just get out there and yeah, I'm really grateful that you um, have set up the nest because it's a time where we really do need extra support. So if you need extra support, go to the nest and sign up for some of the classes. And there's also herbs that can help with that, you know, but it's, I feel like the herbs, it's not, it's more like a situational, although some people do have like hormones that are out of whack after birth or thyroid goes down. So they do need more like, um, you know, like supplements or medical uh, support. But a lot of the times it's the situational isolation that causes that depression. And then like you can give all the herbs you want, but until you kind of reach out and create community, that's um, not going to change. So don't be afraid, reach out and make new mama friends because <laughs> that saved my life in the, yeah, the second, the third pregnancy. I was like, I'm not going through that again alone. So yeah, I definitely reached out and created community. And I think that's really, really important. So I'm really grateful, Katie, that you've held it together and that you have Chelsea too. Such a great resource. Yeah. I love the idea of community as an herb. <laughs> <laughs> like we can just like prescribe it for everybody. Yes. Yeah. And it's a, uh, it's easier said than done, though, when you have the newborn and you're trying to get out of the house, you know, and they just, it's nap time or you have to, you feel like you have to pack your whole house just to go out for an hour and get out the door. So, yeah, but make yeah, even harder this year. So it's, it's, it's been uh, a big year for those who've just had babies. And we were speaking last month with uh, someone about this on our Nest on Tap about how uh, the pandemic has magnified everything you just said. So it's already was difficult to get into the car. You know, you get your baby strapped in the car seat and there's a blowout and everything makes you feel overwhelmed. And now add this pandemic times, I don't know, 10, 120, whatever, you know, it is for you. So 
Yeah, yeah. more important today to be um, finding enough of your own energy to get yourself out of that house. Yeah, and pro being proactive and even if it is on Zoom or a phone call or like reaching out and getting some homeopathics or flower essences to help you through this time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you, Jawe. I will be sure folks uh, come your way as well for some ideas for how to support them in postpartum and in pregnancy. Uh, there is one last question about books. And do, uh, do you have any other uh, books that you recommend for parents to have on hand for um, alternative support? Oh. My midwife recommended this book. I'm wondering if you're familiar with it, too. It's by Linda... White. Linda White. It's okay. Herbs Health. Okay. I have not seen that one, but yeah, I haven't, I haven't seen that one personally, but there is, um, I definitely think Aviva Rom's book, um, any, the complete homeopathy handbook by Miranda Castro, if you're interested in homeopathy. Um, this is, I have one here by Susan Weed. I'm sure you've all seen this. A wise Woman Herbal for the Childbearing Year. That's a classic, and it's a nice start for anyone that's just getting pregnant. Um, let's see, this one is good. This one is also Handy homeop Homeopathic Medicine for Children and Infants by Dana Ullman. So I like that one. And I don't have a Viva Roms one, but that is a very good book as well. Yeah. The pediatrics and yeah so we put the title in the chat so Aviva Ram's book is naturally healthy babies and children that's the title for those of you who are listening and looking for that book as well and then yeah. Chelsea, you recommend Rosemary Gladstar oh yeah of course yeah Rosemary yeah. Gladstar's books yeah does she have one specifically for children I, I don't think she does or the title has the word family in it I I my books are all upstairs, but... Um, yeah, Rosemary Gladstar is excellent to yeah. everything that she has. She has, like, a lot of recipes and her very sound um, herbal advice from the grandmother of herbal medicine here. <laughs> Great, Dawei. I want to thank you for your time today, for sitting with us and sharing your wisdom. Thank you so much. And for folks looking for you, they can find you at Rem the Remedy Garden in downtown Nevada City. Do you want to share your website? Yeah, it's www.remedygarden.com. And uh, if you want to make an appointment, uh, you can email me at remedygardenbotanicals at gmail.com. And I'm in the shop like a couple of days a week behind the counter, um, Tuesdays and Thursdays as well. So, yeah, thanks so much, Katie, for having me. It was fun. Yeah. We should do this more often. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I vote for every season. Once a season. <laughs> yeah, maybe we do a seasonal talk with Jaway. That would be fantastic. I love seeing with you. You have so much information to share with us. Again, thank you for being here in Nevada County for the local parents and available to folks worldwide. Thank you so much. Thanks, Katie. Take care. Take care. Bye. You've been listening to The Nest on Tap. For more talks about pregnancy and parenting, visit us online at thenestfamilyresource.com, on Facebook at The Nest Childbirth Postpartum and Parenting, and on Instagram at thenest.nc.